What's up, readers? It's your boy. Got some general announcements. We got to get out of the way once again. T-shirts. CashDaddiesT-shirts.com. That's where you can get any of the T-shirts we have. Crypto Cowboys. Traditional logo. Cartoon logo. And I mean, Zoltan already getting up. He has some new shirts on the way. I got a sneak peek. It is absolutely fire. Second of all, if you want to get in the Discord, if you want to get to the Instagram, the Twitter, the Facebook, or whatever, all the links are down below. Discord is a great place if you want to talk to other readers, you want to get some crypto information, some stock information, questions, make friends, whatever you want to do, go in there. It's awesome. Uh, last thing, since I yelled at you guys last time, I said, hey, subscribe. I still want you to do it if you're not subscribed. 30% if you're not subscribed. But we gained 70 followers that day just by me telling you guys to subscribe, all right? So support the show, subscribe to the channel, leave a review on Apple Podcasts. You got an amazing interview today. Horse racer went a little different route. This guy was awesome. Everything horse racing, betting, whatever it is. But enjoy the show. Here's a clip we got for you, and uh, maybe I got a new intro for you guys. Let me know what you think. 600. Okay. So I just threw, I mean, honestly, like it's a thousand bucks. Yeah, it's a lot of money, but like, if I lose it, I lose it. I'm gambling right. at this so point. So basically, you three and a half X on Come Rocket, and you're like, hey, I, I'm rich, and you do the, the opposite thing that we do, and uh, you just threw it all into an ass. Yeah, threw it all in the ass, and then I wake up. So I go to bed, and it's like, you know, it's like at five, maybe. So it's, it's definitely up a little bit, a good chunk of change. I go to bed, wake up, and I see... 21,000 in my trust wallet. <laughs> purposes only. You'd be an idiot to listen to anything these degenerates say. Invest at your own risk, do research, but seriously don't listen to these ass clowns. Now enjoy Cash Daddies. And welcome to Cash Daddies. Wednesday, baby. We're banking major Thursday. baddies. It's Thursday. All right, take, start it over. Jesus fucking Christ. Fuck. Welcome to Cash Daddies. We're banking fatties. I can't keep my shit together. It's Thursday. It's got a wild week. Making major it's fucking coins right Wednesday. Here. You just did it again. You know no, what? We're gonna no, roll with th- it. It's Thursday because it's gonna Thursday, Neff. Because we're gonna uh, we're just gonna we're gonna leave this in. We're gonna leave right. this in. All right. Fuck you it. know what? Just leave just it in. Go. God damn it. Wait, go. Put your fucking. Fuck it. We'll do it live. Room. Let's go. Live. Just go. It is, we are live. We're we live. are live. All right. So let's get down to it. We got a fucking great guest. We got a fucking horse trainer, okay? That's going to be awesome because we all want a fucking horse. And by all of us, I mean me. So yeah. we're going to get into that in a little bit later. But first of all, we got to get to the ball washing is taking a new level, okay? It's not work the balls anymore. It's suck Evan's fucking balls at this point, all right? He's hotter than Georgia asphalt. He keeps crushing it. How you called me the other day and you're like, uh, I don't know about this bit tracks. I heard you can't get your money off of it. And guess what? The little E, the G, has gone from cum rocket to ass to pubes. That's the trifecta of yeah, fucking but- sex coins. And hold on. I want a number, E. 
How much are you up in these 36 hours from smashing and grabbing fucking pussy coins? $15,000. Do you hear that? 15 fucking G's, Howie. Yeah, well, guess what, numb nuts? If he if he had sold the cum racket at 24, like I said, what would he have been up? Okay, time out. We've been over this many times. You take profits and you don't look back. Okay. Yeah. I still so I still four X on cum rocket. I thought, but at one point, weren't you up like eight X on it? Yes. Yeah. Okay, but there's it's impossible to know like when it's gonna be the top of the top. And I was pretty confident in it, but I've learned throughout this whole process that once these coins pump, they're pretty much dead. Well, yeah. you're, 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 I'm glad you took profits at least. And the fact you're up, you turned a G into 14. That's absolutely insane. So yeah. um, that's I wanna, unbelievable. I want to go through the story. So I I put in I put in 500 bucks originally. Just to because I had to do the whole workaround with KuCoin and all that stuff. And I just threw 500, put it into Come Rocket. So it was kind of going up a little more. I bought some more. And that's when I ended up doing the, the 5X or whatever. So I got out of Come Rocket. I did what a good Christian, devout Christian boy would do put my cum in ass. And that just went parabolic. I mean, ass just took off a thousand. It, it went a thousand percent. But you were in for like 16 hours tops. Not even, yeah. not even. I I okay. was up, I, I was having crypto burn. I was up at five a.m. I sold my cummies. I was like, screw it, I'm gonna go into ass. So when you sold uh, the cummies, what was your investment in? Did you put the whole thing into ass? Yeah. So how much? All right. So after like the fees and stuff and like the slippage and all that, it ended up being like thirty six hundred. Okay. So I just threw. I mean, honestly, like it's a thousand bucks. Yeah, it's a lot of money, but like if I lose it, I lose it. I'm gambling right. at this so point. So basically you three and a half X on Come Rocket and you're like, hey, I, I'm rich. And you do the, the opposite thing that we do. And uh, you just threw it all into an ass. Yeah, threw it all in the ass. And then I wake up. So I go to bed and it's like, you know, it's like at five maybe. So it's, it's definitely up a little bit, a good chunk of change. I go to bed wake up and I see 21,000 in my trust wallet. <laughs> so I shit myself. Did you sell it right off the bat? I'm going to tell that story. So then it kept going up, kept going up, kept going up. It hit 25. I'm like, holy shit, I got to sell this thing. So I go to pancake swap and here's the problem where I was going to yell. I go to pancake swap and I sell it, but the transaction didn't go through until it hit 17 because oh. once these, once these things dump, they dump like it can go a hundred to zero real quick. And that's what I learned. But at the end of the day, I still made at least like, you got out of 17, man. Yeah. That's now amazing. Ass, ass is, okay. ass is so like, at that point you're up about what? 14 X. Um, entirely. Don't yeah, talk. X. Let's talk cash. Neff. How much, so how much cash do you have now after you just got out of ass? Hold on. We're, yeah, exactly. We're All on right, ass. So, we haven't even got to pube yet. Yeah. No, just stop. Let him go talk about ass. So I got out of ass and I ended up with 14 because okay. they take they take a 10% liquidity fee. So I had to pay like two grand just in, in fees and plus the B&B &B fees and all Holy that stuff. Shit, they feed so, the fuck out of you. Yeah. But what I'm my point of view is like, you know, I made so much money. This is basically monopoly money at the point. Who gives a Fucking fuck about two G's? So yeah. here's my question real quick. I wonder, and I bet you can, 
I bet you can write some of those fees off when it comes no. to capital gains taxes. No. Why not? I don't know if there's any way of tracking that. Unless, exactly. Like, you can't track it because they're, it, they move so fast. They're oh, really? That's, yeah, no way. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Okay. All right. So, okay, so you're in you're up 14 grand, okay? Yeah. You don't consult with anybody, which is the okay. right thing to do. When you're on no. a heater, you trust your gut. You don't go asking yeah. for fucking our opinions. No, I learned about that I because I was going to buy buy the calls on GME. And I got screwed on that. And then there was something else that happened. And I was like, "You know what? I'm just going to do Evan's going to do what Evan's going to do." Mm-hmm. So, I did it. And I didn't tell anybody, and I especially didn't tell Howie because he's going to be like, "Move out of the house right yeah, now, go and to by LA, the way, live with Chris and his cats, and steal his room." And yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Exactly and by the way, Howie, I got to break it to you. We have a separate thread now. What's it called? E? Smash and grabs. Smash and grabs. And we didn't invite you. And Zoltan's I, in it. And Zoltan's Thank God. In it. And it is. You think that we throw a lot of text out in the cash daddy's text thread. This thing is moving nonstop. It's get into fucking big black cock. Oh, guys, guess what? Boobs just pot pot. <laughs> while while we've been doing this episode, I guarantee you, Evans already bought another fucking. Uh, All right. Sex- well, let's let Evans finish speaking for and let him talk for a second okay. and tell us what he did <laughs> okay. after he got his 14 G out of okay. ass. All right. Okay. So my 14 G's out of ass, and that is now that was now in B and B. Last night I looked up, you know, obviously I'm looking for new coins to invest in and stuff. So I saw one that KSI, he's like an influencer, he's got millions and millions of followers. He it's it's called Pube. And I was like, well, first of all, the prerequisites, it meets the on-brand, like sex, whatever the shit I'm doing right now, meets the on-brand stuff. It's got a you know, backing behind influencers and whatnot. And, you know, it hasn't, it's gone up a lot, but I think I thought I had more room to grow. Right now it's dumping. So I can look at it. Do right you have now. the whole thing oh, right now? No, that is, okay. So let me get to that. Lee, you told me you were going to tell me when I should dump pube because I'm chasing your actions. So I saw my pubes. I, I was just on the, I was just, I just called you. I know, but I was doing an interview with a horse trainer. Am I supposed to dump my pubes right now? All right. Jesus Christ. No. Here we go. Hold Listen, my pubes? I told you I was going to buy back in. Okay. Okay. So hold my pubes. Hold your pubes for now. Got it. All right. Don't shave. All right. Okay. So I went to go, I was going to go put a fraction of that in a new coin. It's called boob. Oh my God. Whatever. Did you just say boob? Boob. Yeah. Boob. He went it, from pube to boob. Listen, I'm saying on brand. Okay. But the thing is, I went to go sell a fraction of it. I went to go sell a fraction of it. And Pancake Swap was just like, nope, nope. I put my slippage up to 20. Nope, nope. And the only thing that it would let me do is take every last bit of it out. So $14,000. I put all of it into into pube, just gambling. $14,000. So I had to sell all of it. I sold for a $500 loss, which again, all things considered, you're lucky Not as shit. That what are you sniffing glue up there? You put the whole thing in. No, no, no. Spray, spray paint. Put it in a bag. Sniff it like that. Called huffing, bro. Yeah, yeah. Hey, I'm glad. I'm glad. So, so basically, it's all said and done right now. You're sitting with thirteen five that you can't lose. No, because you just put it into boob. Oh no, no, that- not all of it. Not all of it. Okay. So okay, we have to get into another thing here. So many people are getting rug pulled right now. Have you heard of puss? Puss coin. No, I've never even seen it. Puss? Jeff hasn't there. seen Puss since 89. Yeah. 
Anyway, so a, a few of the guys from Barstool, so Tommy, he got in on Puss, and they had like, you know, 4,000 followers on Twitter, all that stuff. Seemed legit. Rug pull. Complete rug pull. So now, explain the rug pull again to the readers. All right, so a rug pull is when – you buy into these contracts and their liquidity just keeps getting higher and higher and all your money is going into the liquidity pool. So when people sell, that's what it pulls from. But if the liquidity pool is not locked, the owner of the token has full access to this. So in this case, the owner of PUS, they got all this liquidity, probably hundreds, if not millions of dollars. They just took that contract right into their wallet. And you cannot do a fucking thing about it. Yeah, and I will a, say this. It's a beautiful Ponzi scheme right there, baby. If you're going to play these fucking coins like Lily is, you got to do it fast and loose. And the other thing is that speculative crypto section on the Cash Daddy's um, Discord is the place you want to be. Because some of those guys are in there. They're doing rug. They're running rug pull analysis on them. And they know their shit. Yeah. And if, if, you're, if you're in the Discord, you know a thing or two about rug pulls. Yeah. So Choke's big on that, uh, Black Bandana or Banana. Those guys are really sharp. Uh, I'm, I'm forgetting other names. but Black Banana is really sharp. Okay. It, if you want to be in this, you need to have information. And right now, the best place I'm seeing it is in speculative crypto. And those guys will get in, they'll get out, they'll smash and grab. But you cannot be holding these, uh, these sex coins long. Yeah, you, you cannot... I realized this, like I was attached, I was attached to commies. I was like, oh my God, I'm going to hold this for three years and it's going to be a dollar eventually and this and that. Yeah. And then I realized like, once these things are pumped, they're pretty much dead. Like what, what use does ass have really? Like realistically, like, yeah, you'll, you, you'll ass get- Ass is these. so overrated. Yeah. Well, <laughs> but realistically, none of these coins have- pubes. Well, pube actually, their, their use case, they claim is that they give- uh five percent of the liquidity pool or the fees or whatever to testicular cancer research and then another five to the homeless. yeah and just so you know tell us what pube stands for oh jesus okay stands for proudly unwashed balls empire okay and guys this is a sign i think we know that this shows about working balls and uh washing balls if there's a coin that's called unwashed balls i'm in that's why i got in and uh, well, another reason, one, one, one second, another reason I got in was because Manscaped, the official like Manscaped account tweeted that like, oh no, not pube. So again, it's just eyes. It's literally all of this stuff is just word of mouth. Like ass. Listen, here's mouth. what you did. I'll explain this. This is what, this is what Lily did. Basically, Lily was crushing it at Backrat. He got up a little bit in Backrat and he decided to go play craps. He played craps for a little bit, won another four grand, walked over to the roulette table, uh, played three, seven, played black, one on that. And then now he's at the blackjack table and he's finishing up. That's basically what he did, man. He went to four different venues, hit them all. Um, yeah, he's on a heater and, uh, and that's awesome. That's awesome. Um, <laughs> Just make sure you walk away holding. Don't lose what you, you earn because that's, it sounds like you had to bust your ass to make that. You have to, you have to go through quite a through huge oh, hoops. You, yeah. I mean, to make that shit. It's a lot of work. Once you do it, it's not that hard, but like, I mean, I just, 
it's the most stressful. Like once you send your transaction, your money is just stuck in purgatory for like 10 minutes. Yeah. E, should I get into boobs right now? Yes. Okay. No one's going to let you get into this. Boobs. Okay. Boobs, boobs is like a complete, complete gamble though. Okay. But you know what? You're hot. I believe in following the hot hand. So I'm getting into boobs right now. And I'll tell you what, I, I like what you, I like what Lily's doing because you know, the market, uh, the, the Dow, the NASDAQ, the market's got had a nice sell off, nice correction. Uh, many stocks are getting crushed. Not all of them, many sectors, but man, I'll tell you, I'm kicking myself because last Wednesday I went on my Tesla rant fucking Tesla. Was it like seven? What was it? 700 last Wednesday? And uh, I talk about buy, buying, buying puts and Neff gave me that lecture about don't mess with the widow maker or some ridiculous shit. And I will eat my words. I was Tesla's totally at 590 and I hate to say it, it may be headed to 400 right now. If it breaks this support, if Tesla breaks this 590 shit, it's tanking a 400 quickly. There's no doubt about it. Um, and I, and I got a feeling that, uh, more negative news is going to come out on the company. Um, and I, I probably will buy some more puts on it. And you and I both have calls on GME at the moment. Um, We're looking okay, man. We're looking I like okay. Look. Like I said, I think this is just going to keep doing its thing, the up and down movement on it. Um, yeah, with that, all you need is a quick dead cat bounce, and you and I are both out of it. Um, I sold my OCGN calls, made money on that. I'm I'm up in Pfizer calls, which I bought Friday. Um, my next move probably, besides buying puts on, on Tesla, will be I, I really like this the call situation on IBM. Um, it's taken a it's almost at the point 141 one. If it gets to 140, that thing's gonna bounce up to 147, 148 quickly, man. I'd really like IBM at this at these prices. And we talked about that. Um, I think that we are seeing a mass exodus from the market to these altcoins. Stocks I, are for the birds. No, but you're not, Chris. You're not seeing a mass act. That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my I life. I disagree. I disagree. There's not that much money in the altcoins. Look at the look at the market caps on them. They're ridiculously small. Yeah, but there's thousands of them and people no, are playing them like lottery tickets nonstop. That's not why that's not what's going on. It, I mean, the institutions own most of these stocks. They're not buying all I'm talking about retail investors. You don't think all that combined retail money that's been sitting in the stock market and no. people are seeing the NASDAQ just keep fucking tanking. Not and affecting like, it one bit. No, no, not at all. E Retailers, we don't have any money. We don't push this thing. It's the big institutions. It's the hedge funds. Our money is nothing in the market. We don't move. We don't retail guys don't move these stocks that much, man. It's and we found that out with GME and AMC. There was institutions buying and shorting those things. It's not us. There's not money going in. There's there's money going into altcoins. Absolutely. You got thousands of guys like Evan uh, that are taking the time or Zoltan taking the time to do this stuff, um, and it's working to their advantage because the market caps are so small. That's a huge advantage to a guy like Evan. He goes in and buys and sells. It's almost like this, Chris. It's like going to a dog track and you take $20 and you bet $20 on a 50 to one dog. 
And the second you put that bet in, you can watch those odds go from 50 down to 10. That's what it's like. Because Chris uh, Evans talking about liquidity and getting rug pulled. And it sounds like, you know, one or two or three of these dudes can pull the whole rug out from under you if they want to. They have enough money in it. If it's not locked. So the liquidity pools, you can lock it for a certain amount of time. So usually these people lock it for well over five years. And I talked to Zoltan about that. And he was like, you have to be extremely careful. You do. Because a lot of these coins don't have a lot of money in them. They can move quickly. Yeah. He said, you, you can see a coin get bought or sold out or go from a market cap from 5 million down to 500,000 in 15 minutes. Literally. That's some scary shit, man. There's so many millionaires just, I mean, appearing out of thin air. Like, so somebody who bought into, I, I mean, I'm just spending like half of my day looking at uh, poo, poo coin and you can see all the transactions and stuff. Somebody's putting in, you know, $5,000, they're ending up with $500,000. And they can just pull that and that'll bring it down by 20, 30%. That's like going to the dog track, baby. <laughs> well, Same thing. Hey, little E, you just, you know, bagged $14,000, let's say. Let's round it up. What is your plan with this money? So for half of me wants to, for content purposes, see if I can turn this into like $500,000. Oh, well, who wouldn't want that? Forget about content purposes. Well, yeah, of course, but I like backing me. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, let's go back to your common sense part of your brain. What does that tell you? Backing me, (laughs) you can either comment and say, try it, fuck it, we're gambling, or I'm telling you right now, do it. That's, see, that's what I'm, because like I said, you're 22, buddy, you can recover from a thousand dollar loss. I can't afford to take those risks. That's what I'm saying. So yeah, by the looks of you right now, you look like you just came out of a fucking Woodstock concert. Jesus Christ. This is what happens when we do early morning podcasts, and I don't have time to condition the main. You look like if I you like put it. on like a long black hat, you could be a witch with glasses right now. I mean, that could possibly, I could see that happening. That's pull your fetish. That's your fetish, huh? Is pull this out how, a broomstick right now, you could fly. <laughs> Evan, here's what you do. You got, you're up 14, put seven in the bank. And play with seven. Evan, here's what you do. You Jesus. don't listen to fucking boomers that are past their prime and don't understand this new market you're in. You keep the pedal on the gas. Do you want to get to 500K or do you want to get to 100K? You're going to get to 500K if you keep the pedal on the gas and fucking press that 14. The worst advice I've ever heard my entire life. Like, ever. I mean, realistically, if I lose every penny, I'm down $1,000. Exactly. And here's the thing. If he loses every penny, I don't have to worry about a fucking new roommate. All right. Now, if he gets to 500 K, I also don't have to worry about a new roommate because he's got enough money to go out and buy a house with fucking cash. Evan, you're a G you're on a heater. You keep pressing. Go put seven in the bank. Do it. Do it this week. Put seven in the bank and play with seven. Come on. That's just, I just put like 2,500 in the boob. Like why? By the way, I tried to buy boob while we were on the uh, just now, and it's not going through. What do I set my slippage fee at? 12. It didn't 12. go through because what, they make you take a self picture for an ID, and they saw you and said, this guy's definitely not buying boob. <laughs> look at his fuck. The ghost you is. Look, you look like you just came out of the whiskey of go-go playing three sets uh, this with this new metal band. My only friend, this the one. end. 
All right, should we get to the interview? Yeah, let's get to hold the on, goddamn interview. Do we have any more stocks to talk about, or do we cover them? Because the only thing I'm really pressing right now is GME. Yeah, I got GME. I got PLTR came out with earnings. Great earnings. Great earnings. The stock fell a little bit, but that's okay. Um, I think that thing's going to bounce back. Uh, now, you, hey, told me you thought it was going to 16, and it's shit in the bed again today, and I think it's like 18 and a half right now. Still, yeah, it's two up from where it bounced. It hit that 16 and a half support, and it's back up to almost 19. I like it right around here. You I think realize that up. I sold PLRT for 37 in fucking January, and now it's down to 16? This is fucking you awful. Buy, you should have bought it back. I did buy it back. What, at what price? Well, 25. Okay, you're all right. That's going to go back. No, but what's interesting is a lot of the stocks are up. Verizon's up uh Pfizer's up I mean listen man if you listen to these stocks that, that I'm telling you to buy you're you're looking good right now you're still making money so um I do think this I think I think tomorrow I think Friday you might have we might have a really nice day in the market I think Friday things bounce back nicely because they're right at these support levels it's a good time to buy some of this stuff especially you know what it's a good time to do it's a good time to pull every dollar you have out of the stock market right now and do whatever little he does. That's not financial advice. That's my That's gut advice. I seriously think that you dropped acid <laughs> at like four in the morning. Not just by the way you look. You think I'm coming down right now? I think literally you're coming down because <laughs> I've never, you've given like five of uh, different types of advice today. And basically the only <laughs> one you forgot was to go up on a large building and jump. That's probably the only piece of advice that you did not give anyone today is to go on a 10 story building and just jump. <laughs> Because the advice you've given is just the most unsound, just just unbelievable. Yeah, let's get back to reality. <clears throat> yeah, uh, let's. Uh, I'm let's not. Bring keep, out guest. I'm not. I, well, no. Just to finish what you're saying, I am having a little fun. Um, I still am not putting more than ten percent into crypto. I think the crypto craze is going to crash. I don't know when. And when I say crypto craze, I, I mean the altcoins. Mm -hmm. So I am with Howie. E. I think you should pull at least 50% of that money out. Yeah. And just, just, I mean, worst case scenario, you're still seven X. Yeah. You know, yeah. but at some point, if you keep pressing your bet, you will you go under. Yeah. You will yeah, lose it. The all. fact that you're up right now is dude, you've, you've crushed it. You've crushed it well beyond any, what anyone thought you would. So, God damn it, man. Take 7,500, 8,000, put it in the bank and play. And this is, this is why it's so crazy. I saw somebody post, E, you're an idiot for pulling out of ass. And I, you were I like, responded to him. Yeah, and you're like, what do you mean I'm an idiot? I'm up 10 grand. What, the, what kind of fucking idiot doesn't understand bagging a 10-bagger? I don't know who this guy is. But my point is, if anybody is up 10x on a stock and you pull profits and somebody calls you an idiot, they're the fucking yeah. idiot. It makes okay? no sense. I, that's why I, I tweeted that too. I was like... Be fearful when others are greedy and be greedy when others are fearful. Take your fucking profits. You yep. made it. You made an unbelievable score on something that I don't understand. And probably 99% of America doesn't understand. Um, so Jesus Christ, man, just take it and run and relax. Go have a good time. Jeez. That's what I would do. Yeah. Congrats on your score bit. Uh, yeah. That's awesome. Good, it's really good stuff. Um, 
let's, well, get let's to do this it. Interview. Let's bring on our next guest. Okay. All right, guys. Cash Daddies, we got an unbelievable guest today. This guy's one of the uh, uh, top horse people in the country. He was a horse trainer for over 25 years. Get up, give it up for my man, Chuck Simon, everyone. All right, guys. Right now for our next guest. Uh, this is a huge one today. Uh, this guy and I go back quite a while, actually, since uh, probably high school. Um He's been a horse trainer in the United States for, he'll tell you, 25, 30 years, probably longer. Um, trained with some of the best trainers in the country. Uh, he's had some unbelievable horses. I've known this guy forever. So without further ado, this is my man, Chuck Simon. How you doing, Chuck? Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. I think Howie called me fat and old. Oh man, just don't, don't 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 worry. We call him uh grandpa and retarded, so you'll fit right in here. <laughs> Probably isn't wrong calling me that. So yeah, um, this is crazy, man. I haven't seen Chuck in in a long time. We actually met, guys. We we used to work at the Saratoga racetrack. That's where we met. Yeah. Jesus, you, you guys are like old school junkies that met when you were like 10 years old. Yeah. Running vets for scumbags. Howie was in charge of the beer. <laughs> At 10. No, 16, you idiot. <laughs> Not 10, but 16. That, that was my job. I used to have yeah. to, every day, uh, set up the cases, bring the liquor in, sell the liquor to the bartenders under the table. Every shady gig that was going on at that track, I was involved in. I, I remember he used to pull the kegs before they were empty and, and, and set them out and and we'd come and grab them and, <laughs> and finish off and bring them back. I would I would make sure that I would grab one that was half full and I would put it in the back and we would bring our own taps and we would tap the beer and like everybody, Jay, Spears, you, everyone had a cup and they would just like every race, go grab a beer. Like Did they every, have keg stands back then? That was the work day. <laughs> I, it was that was just, dark work. <laughs> Yeah, it was wild. I would get paid on a Thursday and I'd be like borrowing money on a Friday. Like so nothing know, for 12 betting. So nothing's changed. No, nah, it's the same. It's the same. <laughs> but uh, no, but Chuck, out of all of us, he was the only one that actually pursued uh, doing anything in horse racing because he actually went to the only college, I think, in the country that has a major called, what is it, horse track management, Chuck? Yeah, yeah, the University of Arizona. University of Arizona, that's where he went. Um, and then he came back, and I think, what, you worked at Yonkers Raceway for a while, because that's where you met yeah. my boy Johnny Lip. Uh, I worked there, yeah, for a couple years in, in the administrative side, and I got sick of that shit pretty quick. Um, and I kind of moved over to the, the working with the horses, and uh, the horses are great. It's like everything you'd think, right? The horses are great and the people suck. That's yeah. That's kind of how it goes. That's that's what it seems like. The horses are probably the best thing about it. Um, one little one little uh, side note about Chuck and I. We uh, in high school we literally played in a championship game against each other. He was on one school, I was on another. And we played at the Glens Falls Civic Center in front of like 7,000 people. It was crazy. Um, that, is that was a wild night, man. That was a wild, still, still pisses Spearsy off. Uh, you know, little known fact was, I think that game was on a Friday night. And I think we had played like Monday night to get in. 
and I had sprained my ankle. And back then I was, I was working at the, the, the horse track when I was in high school, kind of on the side. And <laughs> I got one of the trainers to give me, <laughs> give me some horse pain medication. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> and I took it before the, the, uh, the game and, um, yeah, I, I felt pretty good. And, uh, I didn't feel very good after the game for the next two days because it's, uh, you know, made for horses, not people, but, um, yeah, that's a very I mean, true. Hold on. You guys just literally blew my mind. There's an old <laughs> joke about like enough to fucking kill a horse or horse tranquilizer. You've taken horse drugs. Well, dude, he needed it to get through the game. We, we had a, we had a center uh, that was like a rough dude, man. He needed that shit. <laughs> but like, was it in a syringe? Was it a pill? No, no, it was just, it was just a pill, just a little bit too. And he said, yeah. just take a little bit. Yeah, but like we, we have the term horse pills. How are they literally like chunks yeah, like golf they're, balls? They're a lot bigger than what you'd want to take, you. <laughs> so yeah, that was a that was a fun night, man. The uh, thankful statute of limitations has run out. So yeah, just so you know, Chuck, if because I dig deep, I don't throw out softballs. If we get too hardcore, we can always run back the tape and erase anything that you don't like us asking. Uh, we're not erasing shit, Neff. <laughs> so, yeah, that was a wild night. Uh, uh, the good guys, the uh, public schools pulled it off in overtime that night. And, Chuck, I don't think our school won another one for, like, honestly, I think, like, 30 years. Uh, it was a long time. We, we, we kind of gave you that one since our guy fouled up one. <laughs> he fouled uh, Lipris. He fouled Lipris. On purpose. Yeah. And it's a small world because – a good the guy that played in the backcourt with me, Johnny Lipris, who lives four blocks away from me right now, and he runs a huge sports marketing firm. He worked with Chuck. You guys met at Yonkers, right? Yeah, years ago we did. That's what he told me. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That, that was going back now. It's going back. So it's a small world. Uh, Chuck and I actually it, we we reconnected years ago because uh, I had a a client from my hometown who owned horses, he was looking for another trainer. I hooked him up with Chuck and man, they had some good success. They had, they had a, you had a great horse that horse battle one. Battle one. Yeah. Yeah. We had, we had one of the, the, he was at, at one point ranked uh, the top horse in the country at, at his distance. So it was, uh, he made a lot of money too. I think he made seven or $800,000. He was a, you know, and it was great because when I hooked Chuck up with, with, uh, with Jay, a mutual friend, they got this horse. And that was the year I went to the Kentucky Derby. Chuck was training. Chuck's trained at every uh, track in the country, Del Mar, Santa Anita, Churchill Downs, Saratoga. He's trained everywhere. So he was at Churchill Downs and we kind of all met there. A couple of his beautiful degenerate high school friends. And, and I met there and, Chuck can tell you the little nice fucking prank they pulled on me the first night. That was beautiful. So um, they have this big party, kind of like kickoff derby week. And it's all the owners and trainers and media and, you know, local celebrities, athletes. Everybody's invited to this party. So it's it's like semi, not, not like, you know, bow ties or anything. But, uh, you know, business attire, you know, suits, ties and stuff. <laughs> So we told Howie, nah, man, it's casual. <laughs> Him and his wife showed up. He, he had like, 
Hawaiian shirt on and <laughs> like uh, like like swimming trunks. <laughs> His wife I knew I was fit. fucked when I walked in and like Cherry and Spears got divorced. You you yeah, I got divorced right after. My wife wanted to kill me. She's like, "What the hell's wrong with you? You guys are all wearing like suit coats and ties." And I literally ro- walked in rocking a Hawaiian shirt to this like fucking prestigious Kentucky Derby party. That it's just started off on a bad foot uh, right there. And then, but the, I'll tell you what was great, guys, is Chuck got me this paddock pass and it allowed me to go pretty much anywhere I wanted to in the Kentucky Derby. And so, right before the Derby, I think it was the seventh or eighth race, I went in the paddock and I'm literally hanging out with Lynn Swan for the Pittsburgh Steelers. I'm, I'm literally going over horses for like 10 minutes talking about with Dennis Hopper on who we liked, but the kicker was I turn around, man, and there's Bo Derek, like hardly wearing anything. And I seriously think I creeped her out, man. I think I definitely creeped her out because I'm just going to say that was a guarantee. It was, yeah, but it was, that was like (laughs) a fun experience, man. That was, uh, it was right after September 11th and the Derby was back and it was a fun weekend, but I tell you what, Chuck, Chuck's been doing it for years. I have um, one quick paddock story about what happened at the Kentucky Derby and how, how he wasn't there this year. A mutual friend of mine knows O.J. Simpson. So he says to me, can you get him in the paddock? And I was like, sure, no problem. So just to back up me. for those that don't know what a paddock is, I do, of the course. paddock is where they saddle the horses before the race. And it's kind of an enclosed area and everybody... Uh, kind of mills about and watches you saddle the horses and then they circle around, but it's kind of like a prestigious who's who's kind of thing. You know what I mean? And people go, it's the champagne room of the stable. It's the champagne and there's no sex in it, but there is, you know, a lot of celebrities. Yeah. So OJ calls me on the way, you know, and I'm nervous because I got this horse in and the horse is a freak, right? He's a lunatic. Like he, he acts up terrible. And I'm thinking, man, all these people, and there's 150,000 people on TV and this horse is going to act stupid and, and make me look really bad. So honestly, I wasn't even thinking about OJ. So we go to put the saddle on the horse and the horse is like, you know, he's like snorting. He's all puffing and puffing. So we finally get it done. And this was a lot of work. Believe me, when you're trying to put a saddle on a thousand pound horse that really doesn't want it on, it, it's a little harrowing because you don't know where they're going to go and they're strong, you know? So I finally get this thing on the, the horse and I'm like relieved, you know, I turn around and there's a security guard and he, he looks like he just saw a ghost. And he says to me, Mr. Simon, you have a visitor. I'm thinking to myself, you know, here we are in the middle of the Kentucky Derby. There's people all over the place, you know, with horses all over the place. I mean, I got a visitor. And, and I'm like, I gave him that look, and he's like, it's O.J. Simpson. So I said to him, I said, you better let him in, right? So he goes over and he lets O.J. in. So now everybody's on the, this, this uh, area. It's, it's a circular uh, area. So everyone's in the middle on the grass. And I'm over by where the horses are, where only the trainers and the jockeys can be. And who walks in? OJ, right? And OJ walks over to me and gives me a big hug. Like we're like we're long lost friends, right? And I'm telling you, I could feel every single set of eyes there looking at me. I mean, if you've never been in that situation where every single person in in a situation is looking at you, it's like 
a weight on you. And and I looked over and it was a guy who was a friend of mine and he had the look on, on his face of like, he, he was like totally shocked. And for the rest of the, 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 I tell you, I can't remember how long, but people were like, Oh, how's your friend OJ? How's your friend OJ? You know, because of all the places you're going to get seen with OJ Simpson is at the Kentucky Derby. Oh man. Yeah. That's gotta be a little stressful. Like, Hey, uh, Chuck, you never told us you were long lost buddies with OJ. Spears, you hung out with them. Well, I, I'm sure they probably became like best buddies. Yep. Yep. Yeah. That's wild, man. That's uh, that's a crazy story. Holy uh, shit. The juice was on the loose. He was on the loose. <laughs> so let so, me ask you this, man, getting into what's happened this last two weeks, because this is crazy. Uh, you know, I'm sure any other list, the readers out there listening, uh, you saw the Kentucky Derby, you read the news, this horse, Medina Spirit, I think I said that right, uh, yeah. won the race. And then a few days later, all of a sudden is getting accused of being juiced up on drugs by the infamous trainer, Bob Baffert. And then within the next few days, a lot of these gambling stocks like DraftKings, FanDuel, uh, Penn National, they started dropping. Uh, because people didn't know what was going to happen with the money, all the hundreds of millions that were bet. So, Chuck, man, you've known Bob Baffert for years. And the biggest question is, did he know that this horse was taking that particular steroid? Because he says, I don't know how the horse got a hold of it. Enlighten us. You know, it's difficult to really know because – he handled it so poorly and he literally lied on national television yeah. a couple of times. It, it really makes it almost indefensible. And I have a podcast. I do a racing podcast and I did like a special little emergency one on Sunday because, you know, my phone was blowing up and people right. I hadn't heard from in years are like, what the hell's going on? So, uh, you know, my, my question was um, like, how did this happen? And if, if you gave the horse the medication, which is not like some sinister drug, it, it's, it's honestly something that, that's kind of, um, it's a useful medication. It can be used in many different ways. Um, and as it turns out, he was trying to say that they didn't uh, inject it in the horse's ankle. And as it turns out, I mean, it, supposedly it was in a cream, a topical cream yeah. that was put on the horse for a skin condition, which is why... Uh, I mean, it's widely used in humans as well, but, you know, it, I, I'm sure no one wants to hear the technical variations of this. It probably shouldn't be a positive test. It's really doesn't change anything. It's not like you would, it, it, I, I get the best way of describing this in uh, uh, human terms was if LeBron James rubbed a little Ben Gay on his ankle and went out and scored 46 points, nobody's going to say, well, he only did that because of the Ben Gay, right? right? So it's a similar situation. Not exactly, but it's tough because, you know, horses can't talk and, and we're presuming at this point. But the problem is that it's, it, it is against the rules and it, it was higher than the levels allowed. So, you know, the idea that there's a conspiracy theory or there's somebody out to get them, it, it's, it's kind of laughable because, honestly, the guy's a rich guy. He's had the carpet rolled out for him in this business, and he's been very successful. Yeah. Um, but the last two days, I mean, he's done unimaginable damage. Like you said, 
the gambling stocks are down period and i'm sure they'll bounce back and like everything else this this will eventually go away but um it's uh his credibility is like destroyed zero you know and the racing business did a terrible job i mean where are the leaders of the industry that that that, uh, you know you don't have a crisis management team when a a horse comes positive in the kentucky derby or god forbid a horse gets hurt you know breaks down and you need a point person to go out there and say, Hey, listen, this is what's going on. Uh, yes, it's not great, but let's, you know, before you judge, let's wait because this has to happen. This has to happen. This has to happen. Explain what the drug is. Explain why it's used. But we had nobody. So it, it right. was just freaking anarchy for. So here's my question Why does Churchill Downs come out and say he's banned if this is literally like the equivalent of Ben Gay? Churchill Downs. The golden, the goose that lays the golden egg is the Kentucky Derby. Yeah. A massive amount of, I mean, you're a big publicly traded company. A massive mm-hmm. amount of money stems from the Kentucky Derby. The Tur- Kentucky Derby is their brand. Yep. So for them, it doesn't matter what it is. That's not like The Rock, you know? It doesn't matter. <laughs> they, they needed to come out strong and swift and say, you know what? Bang, he's out. We'll figure it out. And they're protecting their, their, you know, like I said, their golden, their golden goose, the Derby. So uh, it's understandable why they did what they did. And uh, the Preakness, Pimlico, the Strana group is in a little different situation because for Churchill, it's easier. (laughs) They've already run the race. Right. And he does not, he's not a big regular there. So like banning him isn't exactly like going to hurt their bottom line much, but uh, they already had lawyered up and they had already made the threat that if you did not allow them to run in the Preakness, they were going to try to get an injunction. And they probably would have gotten it because they would have argued that, hey, you can only run in the Preakness once. You're denying the owner. You're denying the horse. You're denying the other people associated with it for Baffert's you know, issue. And the fact of the matter is a positive test is not a positive test until a split samples come back where they send the sample out to a different laboratory and they, you know, uh, they, they either verify it or they say, well, if it, you know, the, the, it was a mistake and then they have to have a hearing. And once there's a hearing, a ruling is made. And it's at that point when everything becomes official. So right now it officially isn't, is not a, a positive test. I mean, the likelihood of the, of the split coming back negative is very low, uh, especially um, for that medication, because it's not, uh, you know, it's not something tricky. It's, it's something that they know about. And, I mean, it's a regularly used uh, topical uh, for people as well. So it's not like it's some, you know, something right. they don't really have much experience with. So the bottom uh, line is this. This is the most important question. This is what everyone wants to know. You, you've done this. You know the answer. You, in other words, you don't feel that this particular drug had anything to do with helping this horse win the race. He wins the race anyways. Uh, I mean, listen, this is all speculation because we still don't even know if that's actually how it got in the system. But the odds are no. I mean, it just is not one of those yeah. uh, things that's going to make a horse run faster or, or really... Uh, not a huge performance enhancement. No, really not. The problem is it's not legal. It's illegal in that uh, amount in the system. It's not an illegal drug. It's just over the limit. And, and that's, that's, you know, that's a problem. And I mean, listen, racing's had a huge problem for years because we have 38 different fiefdoms, basically there's 38 racing States and there's 38 racing commissions and yeah. there's no 
uniformity. It's it's impossible to have a commissioner um, because there's lots of issues, including there's too many state laws. Yes. And, and one of the problems about uh, having a commissioner is, is you get into um, uh, states' rights. Yeah. Uh, the federal government coming in and taking the right. I mean, you think about the insurance business, right? The insurance business has 50 different um, uh, commissions because each state does it on their own. And and that's why there's been there, there's actually a federal law was passed um, last December when they passed uh, the last um, stimulus act. And it creates a, a federal authority to do drug testing and, and horse racing. Um and even that's being challenged by the one of the horsemen's groups. And it's also being challenged by the uh, state of Oklahoma and state of West Virginia's uh, attorney generals in that they're concerned that this gives precedent for the federal government to come in and regulate things that are currently regulated by the state. So, you know, it's like everything else in this world, a territory war and well, horse race happened to get involved. The second part of this thing is this is amazing too. And this, this is more going to reflect on us cash daddies as a podcast, that horse sports ra uh, horse racing is known as the King of Kings. I mean, it's always been, when you think of horse racing, you just think of wealthy people because it's so damn expensive to buy horses, to pay the trainers, the vets, and this particular horse that won the Derby, they bought this horse for a thousand bucks, which it, that's insanely low for what the average, these horses as yearlings, Chuck will tell you, they go for a hundred thousand, 500,000. Uh, these Arabs come in and just buy them like, you know, write blank checks. Um, yep. But a thousand dollars, it used to be in horse racing where the wealthiest families in the, in the country own horses now. And this is probably our question. To you there's, it seems like the average guy can get involved in getting one of these conglomerates and buy a horse. Yeah, and we do want to ask you about that because we yeah. want a, a horse and we think Cash mm -hmm. Daddy is the ultimate name for a horse. <laughs> and that's, that's I know in the past, you know, uh, friends have sent me links and they're like, hey, you can buy a fraction of this horse. Um, if we wanted to get into that, where would you recommend we start that? Like, because, you know, we have a good, you know, large fan base that would be like, hey, I'm in. So we could all go in on the same horse. Right. So everybody's got a piece because ultimately... I just want to be able to be like, I'm going to the track um, because my horse is running because I, I hate to throw this term out. That's ultimate puss bait. When you have that kind of leverage to be like, we're going to the track and my horse is running, you're getting laid and yeah. I need help. Especially so, you, you put on like a nice shirt and a suit. You got like probably a 4% chance of getting buddy, laid, which is better you than it has been. to the track with your Hawaiian shirt on and your flip flops. <laughs> it doesn't matter if cash daddies is running, you're banking yeah. fatties. Okay. Yeah. So my like question it. is, and the horse doesn't even have to win. I don't give a fuck. I just want to be like, we're going to, what are you doing? We're going to go watch my horse run. That's what yeah. we're doing because I'm a boy. What happens if the horse doesn't win? You always blame the jockey because they're little. What can they do? Yeah. Sure. But my question is, how do we make this happen? Like how much money would we actually need to, to get our own horse or at least to be like 51% ownership? So it's like we get to go on the track if it actually win places or shows. Well, it's only when it wins you get to go out, right? Yeah. But, but well, another thing, Chris, we don't want to buy a horse that's like running at like Jizzle Downs in North Dakota. No, I mean, we no. Want to, we I want, want to a be legit at Santa horse. Anita. I want to yeah. be at Del Mar. I want to, you know, like a legit fucking horse. So is there a way you can help us, Chuck, to make this happen? 
Oh, sure. That, that's not a, that's not an issue. You know what the issue is? You just have to raise enough money because that's the thousand the dollar horse. I've bought quite a few of them and none of them won the Kentucky Derby. Most right. of them never thing. <laughs> the reason that they're a thousand is a matter of fact, a thousand is the lowest price you can buy them for because when you go to the auctions, they have what's called the upset price. The upset price is a thousand. They won't sell a horse for less than a thousand. So that literally means that only one person bid on the horse. But like if you uh, go to the Saratoga yearling sales, what's your, what's your average horse go for, Chuck? Uh, the Saratoga sale is pretty high, a couple hundred thousand. A couple hundred thousand. But, but, but yeah. back up. The horse, to get a the, horse isn't, the horse isn't the big problem. It's the stable fees. It's the exactly. jockey. We need help with that, Chuck. Yes. So my point is, expenses. you know, it, right. If you could put it. I don't care if we get a thousand dollar horse. Okay. I'll put, uh, you know, 10 pounds of fucking nickels on that horse's fucking, uh, hoofs before it runs. I'll get us the advantage. My problem is I need to find somebody that can train this and, and house this thing for, you know, a decent amount of money. So we're not underwater before, you know, the fucking white flag goes up. And we're going to be underwater. There's no doubt about that. <laughs> So yeah, it, you just need a life preserver. You know, it's all right to be underwater for a little while. You yeah. just can't, you just can't stay underwater. So word. Now, listen, it's not a problem. You just know all you need to do is raise some money and have the money on hand beforehand. Because the problem with horses is a lot of shit can go wrong. Yeah. Right. There's one thing that can go right, and they can get all kinds of things. I'm telling you, horses can get into horses get into trouble running around a field. Sometimes. Yeah, it's like an MLB pitcher. You can have a, a drafted in the first round, a golden arm, and you know, ne never make the major leagues. So I yeah. think it's a huge risk. I'm willing to take the risk. I want in. I just want to know realistically what we'd be looking at to, to you know, make sure the things getting good oats fed and hosed down and whatever they do and brushed. You what, know, what are you a vet now? Oh. I don't know. I'm just saying, like, we've talked about this, but I really want to make this happen. You know, the funny thing is that you actually have you're, you're taking the right approach in that the expenses of the horses are, are, are the something. I've had guys tell me, I want to buy a horse. I said, how much money do you have? Twenty five thousand. I said, OK, so you should look for a ten thousand dollar horse. And they're like, well, I look for a twenty five thousand dollar horse. I said, because it's not free and they eat. And things go wrong and, and, and you know, they need shoes and, and, and uh, they need to have their teeth fixed and they need to have therapy and all kinds of stuff. Not not like, you know, psychiatric therapy, go therapy Chris takes. yeah, like, like uh, physical therapy. But it, it's, it's expensive and the races don't always come up when you want them to come up. And it, sometimes it rains and gets canceled. And sometimes a lot of times the jockeys fuck it up. I mean, yeah. they just, you know, like it's well, not an easy job and I'm not like, you know, cranking on jockeys but you know sometimes it, it's it's uh you know they can okay. screw up a six so, months work in, in, in 60 seconds if yeah. we had 25 grand is that going to get us a decent horse and how long is that going to let's say we buy the ten thousand dollar horse that gives us another 15 grand is 15 grand going to cover some stable fees for six months a year that, what do we that, that'll, get about, that'll get you about five six months depending on where okay. you're at it's okay like 300 well, was it like 300 a day Chuck? Or L.A., it's obviously going to be more. Well, it's got to be L.A. because I got to be able to go to Santa Anita. I got to see my horse run at Santa Anita, Del Mar. Now, here's the biggest thing. We mm -hmm. all know that the, the game is dirty. I've gotten calls so many times from somebody saying, trust me on this, okay? Uh, <laughs> Little Romeo in the eighth race, 
He's a 30 to five one shot, but we're going to give him a win because we got, you know, we got to keep him in the rotation. How often does that go on? I'm sure you've seen it happen. And why, how does that actually happen when they're like, this is, this horse is a lock. What do they do? Are all the jockeys just holding up because it's so rigged and the, there's not enough money and people are doing each other favors. How does that work? You know, it happens a whole lot less than you'd think it happens mostly because a lot of the people just aren't that smart. And, you know, in order to do something um, sinister, a lot of times you got to be sharp and yeah. you, you can't depend on too many people. Uh, so, so that's, that's, you know, like how many races do the jockeys actually rig? Probably not that many. I mean, they run for good money nowadays and they wouldn't right. tell us anything. But a lot of times you'll have a horse. It's, it's usually when a horse hasn't, hasn't raced yet or had raced once and like something had happened in the race and it wasn't apparent and you know, that the horse is way better than it looks. I mean, I, I've had one horse that uh, um, we raced him at Churchill Downs and, and he came out of the gate and, and he stumbled and he lost two shoes. So he was running the race without two of his shoes, not just one. And he got way behind. And, and after the race, the jockey came back to me and I'm going to be about 15 lengths. And he said, man, this horse can really run. And I looked at him like cross-eyed. And he goes, trust me, he goes, he was slipping and sliding and I just didn't even let him go because I was afraid he would fall. And he goes, he could have been like, you know, right there. So we shipped him to Saratoga and this is, this is, this is best laid plans. Uh, we're going to oh. run there and figure, you know, Saratoga, we're going to make a killing. And he got sick and he missed the entire Saratoga meet. We got him back to Kentucky and we raced him at Keeneland. And he uh, the first was a, a first race on a Sunday, and I told the jockey it was a different jockey, and I told him I said, "Listen, man, don't regard just completely disregard that first race. This horse can really, really run, and uh, the horse won easy, set a track record, and paid uh, I think about seventy dollars. Nice. So it was. Uh, I mean, of course, listen, even a, a, a sure thing can lose because you know another horse might." Clyde into your horse or something like it can happen I mean it's it's not like um it's not like the movies where, where it's quite as easy as that but uh you know th there's things that happen but it, nowadays it, it's hard to at the bigger tracks people make so much money the purses are so high I mean you look at the uh, races at Keeneland or Churchill uh New York maiden races that's for horses that have never won a race the purse is a hundred thousand dollars that's for crazy that. Now, and, is that because of the casinos, Chuck? Yes. Yes. So the uh -oh. casinos basically came in and they're saving racing. They're, they're the ones that are coming up with the, the nice purses now. They're saving it and they're killing it. Uh, in Florida, it, it looks like the Indians are going to kill us. Um, you know, honestly, there, there's a huge... Uh, That's a first. There's a huge, huge... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they're getting the last laugh here. Yeah. Um, but uh, next Monday, there's a, a session of the Florida legislature to deal with gambling. And essentially, they're going to give the Seminoles sports betting in this state 100 uh, percent. Anyone. And, and as it's set up now, the paramutuals, the other um, gambling, active gambling uh, establishments in the state are allowed to set up um, kind of uh, OTBs, so to speak. But everything has to be run through the Seminoles. The Seminoles are like the mob now. You know, you want to do business, it's got to be done through them. And I had a guy on my pod the other day, Daniel Wallach, who's one of the preeminent sports uh, betting attorneys in the country. And he is convinced 
that the compact between the state and the Seminoles is going to get struck down in, in federal court because the whole hypothesis is that uh, mobile betting is allowed, but the, the federal law for the, the Indian Gaming Act says it has to be done on, on tribal grounds, on the reservation. What they're going to try to say is that the server is on the reservation. So when you make the bet, it goes through the server and the, the server processing the bet makes that person on that reservation. Now there's been uh, supposedly three or four court cases where that's been stricken down. So if that happens, and this, this seems insane that that's this crazy. might happen, that if it happens, the only sports betting outlet in the state of Florida, a, a state with 22 million people will be on the Seminole Reservation. You'll literally have to go to the reservation, to the casino there, to Hard Rock, and make a bet. Is, is, is Gulf Coast on uh, the reservation? No. Gulfstream? Gulfstream, Gulf that's what I meant. Yeah, yeah. No, Gulfstream is not is, uh, uh, not, not that at all. Okay. So, Can we, um, do you mind if we switch gears a little bit and I ask you a sure. couple questions about um, um, – all of the deaths at Santa Anita, Santa Anita is my home track. Um, I'm sure you've been there many times. Mm -hmm. um, it's, it's one of my favorite things to do. And um, if you've been there, um, you know, it's just a gorgeous venue. It's up there with Del Mar for me. And we've had so many deaths in the last year. And there seems to be a lot of information out there as to why I've heard people say it's the, the gopher holes out there. I've heard people say, you know, it's the inbreeding, it's the young two, two years and under that just don't have the bone density to run. What is your take on that? Well, first, I think the one thing that you have to remember is that each individual horse is, is a different uh, animal than another horse. Their, their soundness, their uh, capabilities, where they're at is, is different. And what have people try to do is they try to find a magic bullet, you know, they try to find a silver bullet. This is why this is happening. Yeah. And one of the big reasons that, it, that it, it happened was the track maintenance wasn't able to keep up with the, the rain, the tremendous amount of rain that they had that uh, that winter. And, you know, the, a track is not just dirt thrown out there. There's layers uh, underneath there's crushed gravel, then there's clay, then there's silt, then there's, I mean, so it, it's actually kind of a, a, a shock absorbing, uh, uh, you know, it's almost like a mattress, except it's dirt, right? I, sure. I guess, lack of a better word. And what happened is it adjusts, it, 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 you know, some areas got more, some areas got more. And you know what happens with water, water runs, runs down. And there's certain areas, low water spots, you know, you get gullies and things like that. And horses are going so fast. They're traveling 40 miles an hour and they have little legs and you, yeah. you step in a little place. And that, and that contributed probably to a lot of them. Now, some of the other things that people blame it on, like breeding, well, why would it only happen at one track if it, if it was the breeding, right? Right. Uh, so you're, you're saying it is the track. Then. They put in a lot of measures out there and that problem has, has like not gone away 100%, but the amount of horses that have gotten hurt there is, is dramatically decreased. And, you know, that shows honestly that the, uh, the address, it should have been addressed before this. It shouldn't have had to come to this, but at the very least they've been able to manage it where there's very, very few deaths. And I think at Del Mar last year, I don't think there was any, yeah. which is, which is, you know, 
My favorite thing about Santa Anita is I call it the Titanic because of the different levels. Like you have like the upper class and I know all tracks have their different sections, but have you ever been to the basement of Santa Anita, which I call no. E-deck e of the Titanic? Okay, Howie, have you? Why, first of all, why were you in the basement in Santa Anita? <laughs> I mean, because was it a, was it a grinder situation? No, okay. or? All right, no, we don't need any transitioning jokes. Sam Tripoli's not here. We don't need to beat this dead horse. That's not transition. I, I was like, you know, uh -huh. like, if, if you were on okay. grinder, maybe you would be someone in the basement. I don't no. know. Explain yourself. Okay, so you know, you've got like the rich and the elite upstairs. You got the the middle people, and then you got the crumb bums on the rail, and then you have a basement with like 12 closed circuit TVs where people don't even go outside and look because they're, you know, they're betting on multiple tracks. They're on the, the chariots, the open wheels and like, you know, families, they allow families in there and, and you bring in your own food and like nobody leaves this basement all day on this beautiful Sunday and they're eating like fucking Hydrox cookies and fucking ghetto fucking d brand ritz crackers and they're bringing in their own alcohol it is the, it's the coolest thing ever it's e-deck and the Titanic. so that's where you hang out that's where i then. well here's the thing after the races are done you know they'll close the main concourse level and you can't bet uh on other tracks but they'll keep e-deck open for like another two hours and it's just chariot races. And I do want to ask you about this. It's called harness racing. Now I call it open wheel. The, not, I call it open wheel. All we're right. Not in Rome. <laughs> My point is these guys will bet those chariots. And I don't understand this because there's like a Toyota truck that gets everybody started. And then all of a sudden the gates open and they're like, I think we're starting the race now, but we're not sure. How does that work? Because all of a sudden they'll start the race and there'll be like four guys, like three coach links back. And it's just like, we're starting now. Um, but I've been told that that is one of the easiest races to handicap. I've had no luck with the open wheels. Is there, is there, is that true? It's just a total crapshoot when it comes to those harness races or can you, can you edge bet that? They're, they're, they're probably a lot more favorites win because speed, you get to the lead and it's, it's hard to pass. Okay. So it's all about yeah. the trips. Whoever gets the best trip, yeah. man. I would think it'd be all about the fucking wheelchair. Like, like if you got like super light, like titanium or aluminum, man, you can't believe how light they are. You look at them, but they, they weigh like literally like two pounds. Wow. And they go fast. Like when, when Howie and I were working at the track way back when, they used to go, uh, you know, miles and 156 was fast. 150. Now they go 148. You know? I can't even imagine. Seconds faster. And if you yeah. figure a, a, a fifth of a second is a length, you're talking 40 lengths, which is seems nuts. It seems yeah, I mean, nuts. the record of Saratoga when we were there was like 153 and change for years. Yeah, now it's like 149. It's like that's insane. But you can't put chariots in, in the starting gate. So that's why you got to have a start, a, you know. A, yeah, that's a why you got to have a, a fucking uh, Colombian yeah. drug lords, Toyota Tacoma with fucking gate to start the race. Yeah, it looks there really. Was a, there was a race. This is about, I don't know, seven, eight years ago at Freehold in New Jersey in the winter. And it rained and it was really, you know, shitty out. And the gate went into the first turn. It couldn't accelerate because they were slipping and the gate started to like spin and like wiped out like half the field it's on youtube oh but, uh, man 
no one got really hurt. I mean, the horses, wow. everybody was okay. But when you watch it, it's like, holy shit. I can't believe I, that. Just I swear to God, it's the cock racing of fucking horses or the <laughs> horse industry. I've seen yeah. these guys run in the snow and I'm like, this is not a good idea. The truck doesn't have snow tires and these horses don't either. What are you guys doing? So Neff, when I was a little kid, this started my string of bad luck. Uh, there was a horse called Niatros, and he was running at Saratoga in this huge race. It was like yeah. the biggest race of the year. The best Niatros is like the secretariat of, of the of the chariot race. He was yeah. like 32 for 32 when this happened. And this this horse was just like a beast. And I went down to watch this horse race at Saratoga. And the, the odds on it were like one to 10. The horse couldn't lose. And of course, I put like a few dollars on it. And you know what? The, the horse jumped over the fence. Remember when that <laughs> shit happened, Chuck? Yeah. I've seen horse, horse literally jumped over the fence. Jumped over the fence during the race and came in dead last. Yeah. That, Bruh, that uh, happened. The whole thing went over. He went over the driver, yeah. the chariot, the whole thing went over. Yeah. And the horse got up. He, he got beat. He came back. Believe it or not, he raced the next week and lost again and then won, like, the rest of the races for his whole career. Yeah. So we don't know what, what happened and why he jumped over the thing, but <laughs> it actually – It happened because that was the only time I ever went down there and watched him, man. I mean, that horse probably you know saw what him there. If that happened nowadays, everybody would be saying, uh, the driver owned the mob money or something. They told him they could die. Yeah. Yeah, Back then, everybody – I found the video. Uh, you know, what the hell just happened? I was there. Yeah. was a little kid. There he goes. Yeah. Yep. He, he just ran into the fence. Yeah, went right over the fence. It, I, remember, it, it, I remember my dad saying, Howie, did you definitely put some money on that movie, didn't you? And I was like, yep. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, that's why he went over the fence. Well, Chuck, yeah, because, because this is a, uh, a comedy financial podcast and we're always looking for a way to make money, how can any of our readers make money uh, at the racetrack? That would be my first question. Uh, well, pr probably the best way is to buy a racetrack. Buy know? a racetrack? Yeah. Buy the okay. track seem to be pretty good. Um, we're all about those racetrack dollars. <laughs> you know, it's so funny. I, I bought Penn national stock before, um, before the COVID hit at, at I want to say 14, 15, $16, something like that. And I it, love it, it right up, now. $20 and then COVID hit and you know they shut down everything and all the casinos got and it got down to like three dollars and 75 cents and I remember telling my friend it's like I can't believe this like I should buy more of this like just I mean everything's gonna come back right like yeah. casinos it's not like they're gonna close it's not like because they're closed they're gonna wilt or something and once everything you know and I I, I, I let it get I didn't I let it get back up to about where it was a little bit more I think I sold it at like 36 and I doubled my money, and I was so happy. And then the freaking thing went to what, like a hundred and something? Yeah. One hundred forty. Oh man! It went from, but, it went from like mostly, five dollars to one hundred forty in one year. Most of that uh, is based upon things other than horse racing. You know, yeah. casino. Yeah, casino, DraftKings, DraftKings Ten. They had these amazing runs. They've just absolutely tanked lately. I've been I've been keeping my eyes on DraftKings, but. Um, I guess my question is, it's I, everybody you'll run into in life, they have a system at the track. 
um, is there a system for the average horse player that they can take to the track and try and have any success betting on the horse? Or is it always just going to be an absolute crapshoot? You know, if you're one you want to try to do it to make money, to be profitable, like over a long term. It's very hard because the, the takeout betting, you know, the, the, the cost of a bet is, is very high in horse racing it, yeah. for every dollar bet. in a lot of bets, 20% goes back to the horseman, to the track, to the state or whatever. So you, you're, you know, like a, you, you make a football bet in general, just, you know, uh, you're, you're betting 110 to make a hundred, right. On average. Yeah. Well, when horse racing, you, you know, you, you've got, triple that quadruple that you're you know you're betting into high takeouts so you've got to be better that much better and, and, it, and it's difficult because uh there's so many more uh, people the sharp guys that, that use computer systems uh there's god there's teams out there that have huge amounts of huge pools of money they use artificial intelligence and they're betting directly into the pools and they get rebates from the racetrack because their, their volume is so high. So what they're trying to do is just to break even. If they get a 7 8% rebate and they bet $100 million and, and they can break even, they make 7 or $8 million. Wow. Just- so these are just large syndicates. Yes, yes. So can, what about... They're what? nebulous and you know, nobody wants to actually name them. Nobody wants to put a face to them. And we're not even sure how much money is actually bet by them. Like when you see the track release the totals, okay, there was 155 million bet on the Kentucky Derby, right? We don't know how much was bet by actual people like us versus um, the computer betters. We don't know. I mean, it's it's been it's been said that they bet you know about 20 25 percent of the handle nationally. And there's I think last year was uh, of course last year was a little screwed up, but the year before was about 11 and a half billion dollars bet uh, now. So if they did. 20% of that, you're talking, you know, 20, 23, you know, bill, uh, $2.3 billion. I don't even know. Is Churchill Downs a public company? Yes. Yes. Okay. And, and they own, they own Twin Spires, um, yeah. the, uh, the, their own uh, bets, bet. Uh, they own a few app. tracks. If you wanted to recommend uh, an app, would you recommend like TVG or Twin Spires to the casual, you know, better? What What's the best? Twin- there's uh, or express bet, express um, bet. They're, they're all in some states it's, it's not as bad as it used to be like if you live in new york you should probably do naira bets um but uh there's it, it, it some, sometimes it depends on states like new jersey was only letting you bet through uh t- their you know the state system or through tvg i mean yeah. there's so many archaic rules uh it, it, gambling rules in this country like people in arizona are still like shut out from a lot of tracks because of, uh, you know, of, of the state laws, which, uh, and, and this is, this is another thing in the state of Arizona, you can't even bet on your computer. You have to bet via a telephone account. Like it's 1995. I was at the breeders cup at Santa Anita uh, a couple years ago and they had like um, done a blocker on everybody's TVG. So we couldn't yeah. use TVG on the track. And I'm like, why is this if it's all paramutual betting? I was like, I don't understand why this is. You know what? Because they want you to, they don't want you betting with their competitor. And you know how to beat that is just turn off your Wi-Fi. Right. And then, they, they, you know, they, they're just blocking on their Wi-Fi. They give you the free Wi-Fi, then they control what you, you know. I, what you, I, I thought it was because they wanted the actual cash in the building. Well, that and they want you to use their like when they when you make a bet 
at a track, the track gets a big cut of it. When you make a track at a bet at a track's ADW, like if you make a, a bet on Churchill's and Twin Spires, they yeah. get a cut of it. If you make a bet on TVG, Churchill gets like, you know, 1% instead of 4%. If you make an on-track bet, they get about 7%. So they're trying to drive everything to to their, uh, you know, their site, their app. Well, it was it. like Got back it. in the day. OTB here in New York, the cut oh. that they took, that was like highway robbery. That was criminal. It, it was a 5% surcharge on top, on yeah. top of the normal takeout. That was and criminal. Remember, remember how they wouldn't even let the OTBs use numbers. You you had to bet letters. The, the horse right. were letters, A, B, C. They just made everything as difficult as possible. Yeah. OTBs weren't allowed to have a vending machine. They weren't allowed to have bathrooms. Yeah, I think they required everyone that went in there to smoke because when you went in those old OTBs, they were like smokeouts. You could cut, you could literally cut the smoke with a knife and just move it. Yeah, you couldn't see. Hey, uh, Chuck, Chuck, can you tell us your biggest score? Like, have you ever had a hit a pick six or anything like that of substantial value? Um, the most I ever made betting is about six thousand yeah. dollars. I never I didn't play pick sixes very much because I'm not that like I bet a lot like regularly, but I don't bet big money yeah you're betting the two dollar wins like i spent enough time uh you know working at it i I know a lot of guys who are big betters and these guys spend it's like a job i mean they spend six eight hours a day on this and they watch every single replay and i just don't have the time or the 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 the, um the the patience for it but uh i mean the most money i mean you know the biggest money i made in horse racing was i owned a horse that won a stake race um i made forty five thousand on that horse uh, that was the biggest check I ever got, but do, do, I, me, uh, do but me one more favor. I, I bet if you don't the spirit in the future books, I got 38 to one. Oh, you did. Yeah. Yeah. So um, let me ask you this because um, we do have people, including me who are interested in getting a piece of a horse. Where would we go horse shopping? Depends. I mean, first you have to figure out how much, how much, you know, how much cash you got. We're going then, with twenty five grand. We can handle twenty five. Eating horse, horse that's in action now, um, because that puts you right in. Some of the, I mean, there's a a much higher ceiling potentially to get a good horse if you buy a young unraced horse. But if it's it's a it's a volatile thing too. It, it's risky. A lot of horses never make their races. Period. So you know, first horse you'd probably be better off getting a horse that's already racing that you kind of know where they're at just to kind of get your feet wet. So. Yeah, you know, you'd uh, I, they have a great promotion in California for bringing horses from out of state. Um, when you send them to Del Mar, and I think Santa Anita is doing it now, you run for 30% more. I think the whole meet. So if you see a race and it's um, a $100,000 race, you're running for $130,000. You run for a bonus. Uh, a lot of times they'll give you money to bring the horse out there as well so it would make a lot of sense to try to find a horse outside of the state of california and then send them to california because of the incentives oh okay so buy the horse in like say kentucky or florida and then send it to california send him to california yeah you listen to that neff i got it you want to yeah. buy a new york bread a florida a florida bread because new york breads are actually better now man not like you know you want to find a horse that, that suits santa anita or suits del mar you know west coast racing is, is is you know faster like speed horses and and even on the turf like you don't want big deep you know 
closers that come from the back of the pack. So yeah. I want to try to find a horse that, that, that fits the, the tracks out there Fast as well. and loose. Fast and loose, man. Yeah. Most tiny guy, big heart. That's what I want. I want the story behind Cash Daddies. You Fast know what and I mean? loose, just like that fucking cat you've been playing with the whole goddamn show. <laughs> okay, all right. So loose, here's man. the thing. Chuck, if we can put our money together, come up with 25 Gs, um, could we get back to you and kind of put you in charge of this? Sure. Be a member of the Cash Daddy's family not and find us a trainer. A a matter of fact, you know, you ever see the Sopranos? You know when they 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 own the horse pile. Oh my. yeah, pile my baby. Like your Tony Soprano, I'll make sure the trainer does what he's supposed to do and the jockeys does what he's supposed to. Do. Hey, it yes. only took to the end of the interview to get down to business, and I like <laughs> the way you do business, Chuck. Because yeah. this was not a hard sell. In fact, it's like you almost tricked me into saying, hey, uh, you know, we're in. I love I love your approach. So we will get that 25 G's together. That gives yeah. us six months of carrots and fucking oatmeal, from what I understand. And, oh. uh, and the hose, the hose and the brush, I think. Will you throw in a brush? You were throwing, we're throwing a brush and we're throwing shampoo. Okay. So once we get that 25 G together, we're going to call you and say, uh, find us cash daddy. You got it. Cash daddy's horse. So Chuck, man, listen, before we let you go, we all got to wish you a happy birthday, brother. It's Chuck's birthday today. Happy birthday, birthday, Chuck. Chuck. Thank you. He's 42. I think I'm 33. Good. Yeah, man. Yeah. We appreciate it, man. It was awesome. Uh, you gave us some really good uh, answers on what the hell's going on today. Um, and this Saturday, we got the big Preakness. We'll all be watching and seeing what happens. So Can you give appreciate us your you coming on the show. What do you like in the Preakness? I tell you what. Uh, it, it, it's it's going to be anarchy no matter what happens at the Preakness. You know, people are – if Medina Spirit wins, everybody's going to roll their eyes, and if he gets beat, everybody's going to say, see, he didn't get the – he didn't get it juiced, you know. But, um, I mean, honestly, there's no reason why he, he wouldn't do the same thing, just go to the lead and and and, uh, and do it again. I think do we, so. Do I we know what his uh, starting position is? Uh, he's, I think he's three – uh he's uh, he, he's not uh, 15 to 1 this time he's 9 to 5 so the price his, is dead his now. his jockey chuck and i both know his jockey because he's a good friend of ours brother-in-law um yeah. and he's a great guy that guy he is just one of the I, nicest I, guys you I, could I ever meet him because it, it, it costs him 180,000 that that horse gets disqualified yeah think about that one the jockey does not get a $180,000 check which he's probably already deposited yeah that's so, all right, man. Well, listen, we appreciate you coming out. Right, it was God. awesome. Thank you, Chuck. It was Good awesome friend. meeting you. Let Have me a good birthday, brother. You got it. Yeah, hey, listen, that was an awesome interview, man. Really appreciate Chuck coming out. We birthday. are getting a fucking horse, okay? Yeah, we're getting a horse. This is a reality. I can't because- wait. I can't wait for Sam to be the jockey. <laughs> Sam's not going to be a fucking jockey. You know what Sam's going to be? He's going to be that Armenian asshole fucking from glendale walking in with his, his track suit and it's just <laughs> and a gold chain and he's like how do i bet on my horse cash daddy respect me respect me yeah. and uh they're gonna be like um sir um this is the line to the men's room <laughs> <laughs> halfway through the race man he's gonna get too excited probably have like a probably stroke out right in front of us we'll be performing C- neff will be performing cpr on him she'll get excited you, I really want to do this, dude. I think this would be amazing, you know, having a horse. And there's not a better name than Cash Daddy for a fucking horse. No, that's a great name. 
Great you know, yeah. so if, Chuck will do us right. He'll do us right. Yeah. If we can come up, I mean, fuck, we already have the money. He's already got half of that horse paid for. Yeah. You know what? I take it all back. And so does Howie. Don't take the seven grand. Take 15. Buy you guys a horse. Buy us a horse. Okay. Um, we'll even, we'll even like figure out a way to put your favorite colors on the horse, whatever. It'll, yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, do oh, we have any reader questions? Yeah. yeah let's so, do some readers. All right. So one guy wants to know thoughts on SHIB. Um, so as we're recording this, SHIB just took a fat dump and War on Rugs actually tweeted and they're it's kind of like a conspiracy that the creator of Ethereum, I forget, Vitalik or whatever his name is, that he pulled out like $90 million in SHIB, apparently. I don't know if I believe it. Conspiracy, look into it if you want. It's down um, 31%. Yeah. yeah my, my gut tells me this coin does have legs and is going to go mm -hmm. a while because it's being that my gut is like it's the anti Doge coin. Yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's marketed as the, do the Doge killer. Yeah, but it's like the doge for people that don't want to deal with fucking Elon's bullshit. I think it's got legs. Um, yeah. I'm, it, hold, I'm holding it. So am I. And I'm going to, you know, I'm not, I have no plans to do anything with it. I'm not going to trade it. I'm just going to park it and just see what yeah. happens. And gas fees are absolutely ridiculous. So. Yeah. All right. Next um, question. How do capital gains work when I sell inside my Fidelity Link brokerage account? And how does that work for crypto as well? It works. Crypto works the same way as if you were selling stocks or a house. I mean, whatever, whatever you, you get a base price where you buy in and whatever uh, gain you make, you're going to pay uh, capital gains on it. Um, Unless it's over a year. Uh, correct. Then you pay 20%. You're and still paying 15, 15. Uh, you sure? On capital gains? Yeah. Yeah. It's Long term capital gains is 15%. I thought yeah. it was 20. No. Okay. Isn't, that, uh, isn't that based off like tax bracket too or no? No, 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 no. So That's what is the, what is the percentage for a, like a swing? What do you mean? Well, so say I pulled out right now. I have, say I had ten. How much would I be paying? Whatever your effective tax rate is. Yeah, yeah, the, or yeah, okay. So essentially, what Evan asked—that's correct. Whatever your your income is, I yeah. mean, whatever tax bracket. Like tax so, bracket, yeah, yeah. So say it's probably not much for you right now, and like, I don't know ten dollars. Yeah, $10. Well, I mean, you're gonna out of that 14 G. I mean, I'm not your accountant, but I'm estimating on the if because it's a short term ordinary, you're probably gonna have to pay four four grand in uh, taxes. That's what that's probably four. about three four grand. Four. You take that 14, <laughs> turn it into a million. It, you roll it into cash, daddies. Okay, and we win the Kentucky Derby. And this is we're not doing this podcast anymore. Nope, we're out. We're gonna be full fledged horsemen. Yep. Um, yep. Yeah. So this guy wants to know, like, as for on fidelity though, like trading stocks, does he get hit with taxes when he withdraws the year? What is it? He's not talking about an IRA, is he? Or he's just no. talking about buying and selling stocks? Just, just like on fidelity, like you're selling, you sell a stock and you cash out and put it into your bank account. Yeah, whether it's fidelity or e trade or anything, it doesn't matter what platform. You're going to pay the same. I mean you're going to pay the exact same in capital gains, depending on, we just talked about, if you sell within 365 days, um, you're going to pay a short-term capital gains for that tax year. Yes. All right. Um, somebody wants to know about Anchor and why I picked it. 
like I said, the only reason I picked it was because it's a good project. It's on Coinbase and it's been stagnant for three months. And a lot of these other coins are seeing breakouts after they've been stagnant for a while. That's literally the only reason I, I said that. So, uh, yeah. And just an update, I did sell off half my uh, mana to get into Cardano because I am going to chase Tommy G's action because um, I bought in hook, line and sinker on the Vegas Dave uh, being a prop theory so i'm gonna I got cardano it. too we're taking a beating right now but that's okay um can i get your opinion on uh, what's the next good crypto i mean if you're talking meme shit coins nobody knows like we don't have a crystal ball um i mean i did talk about it a few episodes ago mina protocol it is going to change blockchain blockchain technology i would seriously look into it can't trade it yet but it's it's going to explode. Here's the thing. I said it before and I'll say it again. If you want to look for the next meme coin, the best place to do it is the Cash Daddy's Discord under Speculative Crypto. That fucking chat moves like a crackhead. I mean, it is just a constant stream of information. Um, and then, of course, you know, once you find it, you got to know how to buy it. And this goes back to the toolbox concept. You, I'm up to like nine different wallets right now. You got to have all that shit ready to go. And it's not easy. There's a huge learning curve, but the guys are in there to help you out. So if you have a question, you just ask somebody and somebody will help you out. Um, last question we have is about the Yearn Finance YFI passing Bitcoin. So it's at $71,670 as we speak. The only reason it's up so high is because there's only 36,000 coins in circulation. So once enough people buy these coins that, makes a price squeeze and just skyrockets the price. I have, I have done no research on it. I don't know what the purpose is, the purpose of it is, but. It's just supply and demand. It's like yeah, anything else. Exactly. When you run out of supply, it, it's exactly what's going on in the housing market right now. Chris and I were talking, no different. Uh, if you own a house right now, just about anywhere in the country, uh, the value of a house is appreciating like crazy because there's a lack of supply and there's a shitload of demand and that causes the price to go up. That's uh, that's like, yeah. Okay. On that note, um, I had some guy call me about four months ago and he said, I had multiple in the same week. And he said, will you sell your house? And I said, dude, everything's for sale. And he goes, what do you want for it? And I said, seven or no, I said uh, 800 and he goes, it's only worth 740. And I go, that's what it's worth to you. And then he called me back three months, not even three weeks. And he said, I can sell your house for 800. And I go, eh, I changed my mind. And he goes, why? I did all this work. And I go, because it's 825 now. So this, how he's right. This market isn't cra is crazy. There's no inventory out there right now. Oh. Uh, and, you know, it's insane. I mean, pretty much if you want to buy the house that you want right now, you better have a lot of cash to put down on it yeah. or have a an island house somewhere that you can offer these people for two weeks out of the year. There's all kinds of deals going on, but bottom line is no, there's a, there's a ton of demand and I'm a lot, not a lot of supply. And that's what Evan just talked about. That's what causes the price of anything to go up. Yeah. And I keep hearing the same story with people house sending. They're like, Oh, we found the perfect house. We got outbid by a cash only offer. It just keeps happening over and over again. All people, cash money talks, bullshit walk. They want that liquidity. Yeah, just yeah. all all going back to that stuff. Okay. Um, um, yeah, shout out to uh, shout out to the readers in the Discord. That's my shout out this week. Man, they're so helpful, especially when you get stuck and you need help. 
Um, patron saint of Cash Daddy's Discord is Grizzly Whisker, man. So thank you for that. And thank you for everybody being so cool to each other in there. We haven't had any problems. Which no, is man, we, we awesome. truly, we got awesome fans, man. I love these yeah. guys. The, some of the memes they put up, I, I freaking laugh my ass off for days. Um, some funny bastards. Yeah. All right. Well, sweet, man. Um, this Sunday, we have um, a very uh, special guest. Um, Richard Hart will be on the show. Um, so we want you to bring in your Hex questions. Um, he is the founder of Hex. Um, it's controversial to say the least, uh, but if you have opinions on it, please drop them in our, um, uh, our Twitter or the Discord under um, weekly reader questions, and we will try and get to as many of those as we can uh, on this Sunday's pod. Um, that's it. I'm going to wrap it, guys. I got a jam, okay? And uh, have a wonderful week out there and trade safely, especially if you're smashing and grabbing any sex-related altcoin. E, take it away. Shout out Budapest. Cash down.